Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Katherine Morehouse. The governors of three New England states, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut, reached an agreement Wednesday to coordinate on the development of offshore wind in their states. As we know, offshore wind is a key part of President Joe Biden's plan to eliminate carbon emissions from the nation's power grid. And this agreement comes as U.S. offshore wind developers are trying to renegotiate or even cancel wind contracts along the Atlantic coast. So today, Politico's Kelsey Tamburino breaks down what this agreement actually means, why it's coming now, and what's going on in the industry at large. It's Thursday, October 5th. The three states, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut, announced a new multi-state memorandum of understanding that they're billing as a first of its kind in the U.S. that basically sets the parameters for coordination on offshore wind development in the region. Essentially, these three states are saying that they'll jointly solicit bids for offshore wind projects from developers. And the argument for doing this is that it could help cut costs and hopefully procure offshore wind energy at kind of more competitive or affordable rates, given that it would allow these states to kind of leverage a collective buying power as opposed to going about it on their own, which has been what's traditionally done. And another interesting thing to watch, it could also expand the supply chain for projects, given that it'll allow states to lean on some of the other opportunities, development opportunities in each state and some of the what's already been built out in different states and kind of collaborate there. The governors involved in this put out statements that basically said they think this will help advance offshore wind projects by securing cost-effective prices for ratepayers, but also providing a long-term economic development strategy for the industry in these states, which is, you know, notable as these three states, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut, are some of the really the early players in offshore wind in the U.S. and, and have put out procurement and goals to build out offshore wind and, and their larger energy targets rely on a lot of success in offshore wind. And this agreement comes as offshore wind developers are pulling back on their plans to install turbines along the Atlantic coast. What sort of concerns are we seeing from those developers? Yeah. So in the backdrop, the United States is is trying to build it offshore wind and the Biden administrations and states on the East Coast have, again, established goals in the decades ahead to do that. But we're seeing headwinds emerge in the past few months that have put some of these projects at risk and, you know, potentially those goals, targets at risk. Offshore wind in the United States has been kind of more than a decade in the making, but it's it's important to note that it's still fairly nascent here. We're, and we're talking about like very big, expensive projects. So developers have cited record inflation, supply chain challenges, and high interest rate costs that are now making these projects that they kind of negotiated year plus ago more economically challenging. So we're seeing developers now trying to renegotiate their power purchase agreements in these states. And they say that, you know, these agreements were negotiated before the environment that they're seeing now. And and it's now making these projects, as I said, uneconomic. Just this week in Connecticut, for example, we saw a clean energy company, Avangrid, cancel its contract for a project there citing, again, these concerns and saying that it's unfinanceable under its existing con- contracts. So, and that's not the first we've seen of that in this, in this region on the East Coast. So 
Energy companies have basically warned that these rising costs are are making some of these projects not financeable in the contracts that they previously negotiated and, and, you know, are threatening to potentially walk away. So that's the kind of backdrop that we're seeing as the, the states announced this agreement. I will note that they didn't specifically link, you know, this memorandum to the challenges we're seeing in the industry, but it's definitely, you know, a related element of this. Interesting. And kind of in the same vein, we also recently saw six Democratic governors, including those governors that were part of Wednesday's agreement, publicly urge the Biden administration to provide more financial support for offshore wind. It does seem like a trend now that these states are joining forces, even if, like you said, they're not necessarily, in this case, directly combined. What does this say, though, about the pressure that state officials are feeling to complete these projects, which, as you've noted, represent thousands of megawatts and are really critical to a lot of these states' climate and clean energy goals? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely suggests that they're looking at new ways to go about this and that the states will frame this as like there are interesting ways and new ways to meet these challenges and they're collaborating. But yeah, I I think it's an acknowledgement that the challenges are there, right? Like, the push on the Biden administration comes as we have the Inflation Reduction Act that has new tax credits and incentives for offshore wind. But even with that, you know, developers are saying they need greater expanded access to those credits and they're, they're looking for states to help the federal government to help here. And I think you're going to continue to see that sort of pressure from the industry. But the states, which again, have have placed a lot of their clean energy targets on offshore wind are going to be looking for new ways to kind of help developers here and and make sure that these projects can pencil out. But yeah, I mean, I think just this memorandum this week suggests that there's an acknowledgement of the challenges there, I think, and, and that they're looking for new approach, but also that there is more that can potentially be done to help developers, but also ensure that ratepayers are not bearing the brunt of the burden of these costs for these offshore wind projects. Also, U.S. gasoline demand dropped sharply last week, according to a government report released Wednesday, a decline that came as oil prices pulled back. That indicates inflationary pressure from energy costs could be easing and offering some political breathing space for President Joe Biden on the economy. GOP presidential candidates and Republicans in Congress have been hammering the Biden administration over its clean energy policies that they blame for the steady climb in oil prices. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com meetingdemand meeting demand.